you're listening to the Justin C. Gleason podcast. Please consider following and becoming a loyal listener. Share this episode with your friends and consider giving. Reference the show notes for the details. Enjoy the guest episode. Pagan Lee is the host of the Born Again podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many, many more. Be sure to follow the Born Again podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Brother Hagen, welcome to the podcast. You doing all right tonight? Yes, sir. I sure do appreciate this opportunity to be talking with you tonight. I really enjoy the podcast. Oh man, of course. Your podcast is fire. Um, I think podcasting is the future, right? Or the future. <laughs> Absolutely. That's I was like, hoping you would say that. <laughs> yeah, the future. Yeah. I commented that on one of your posts the other day on Facebook. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, of course I did, man. That was funny. <laughs> future. You know, I got podcast. that from a kid in the youth group years ago, he would always talk about the future. <laughs> so I just put that in my vocabulary. You can't but, uh, change that. Yeah, I think it's catchy future. So yeah, people uh, say that at my church and places I go. So it's a, uh, it's kind of stuck. We're uh, controlling uh, language here in our culture, which is a good thing. Right. I love it. Yeah. Well, man, tell us about born again. Yeah. I like to talk about, basically things that uh, a regular person like me never had a clue existed. Mm. Uh, you know, I wasn't raised in a apostolic church background. And so I really, I never knew there was actually hope for me, you know, and there's a lot of people out there that have no idea uh, the hope that's waiting on them. Uh, I didn't know there was a such thing as real deliverance from sin and from addiction and depression. I had no idea, you know, how alive God's word truly is. And uh, I just, I really had no idea what it meant to be born again. And so now that I've experienced that, I see this podcast just as an opportunity to help somebody else see those things, you know. Amen. So it's just an opportunity to tell my story and others like it. And uh, look into the Bible and see what it really has to say about salvation. Amen. Absolutely. Well, that's what podcasting is. It's being literary and personable. It's taking life experiences and what you know and talk about it. That's really, uh, people talk about what they know about. And what you know about the Lord, about his word and about the hope that we have in heaven, you have to talk about it. And I'm so glad that you're doing that. The internet is, is a power. Absolutely. We need to be on it. We need to have a presence in it. We need to take advantage of it for sure. Yeah. Take advantage of it. Why not control it? Why not? um, You know, like you said, take advantage of it, but yes, be involved with it. You know, you think about this letter writing, book writing, all of that was a big thing in the secular world in the early church. The Greeks and the Romans wrote all kinds of garbage. 
Right. That stop Paul from writing letters and, and absolutely not. You know, the, they called them the runners. Really, they were the evangelists back then. They would uh, run to and fro, uh, bringing the word and the news, the message. And this is before telephones, fax machines, email, any, anything, any communication. Right. It was all done literally word of mouth. So they took advantage of it back then. And I think we need to be on uh, podcasting, videos, TV, radio, anything out there. So that's, that's great. so true. There's yeah. people out there listening on every kind of device and every kind of platform and uh the church needs to be out there i mean people need to be able to hear it jesus said go ye therefore into all nations teaching them you know and baptizing them yeah so i mean however we can do that this i never ever dreamed that this podcast has started i'm only five episodes in but uh and there's probably about 200 to 250 people that listen to it but it's reached into like 13 different countries and i guess that's just random people you know clicking around doing random searches and they come upon it somehow but hey i mean that's an opportunity for somebody to hear what god's done in my life you know mm-hmm. yeah podcast listeners i found are loyal they're more loyal than video watchers right Video watchers just kind of come and go. But once you have a podcast listener, they're with you, you know, all the way because they, I don't know, podcast has a little bit more of a vetting process, I think, than videos. It tends to attract people that are more credible with their content that they give. Right. You know, anybody can be like in their trailer, click click (laughs) on their phone and start talking. Whereas podcasters typically research a little bit more, they're well-read, they're, they're well-studied, and they're really out there to be in people's background. Right. Instead of, you know, just capturing two to three minutes or like a 15-second TikTok of somebody's time. Yeah, that's kind of how I stumbled upon podcasts. And I mean, at work all day, I would just listen to sermons like nonstop and, uh, I, I don't even remember now how I I stumbled on podcasts, but I somehow figured it out. And then all of a sudden I found all these apostolic podcasts and I'm thinking, man, you know, I, that's something I could do. I mean, really anybody's got a voice and anybody can do it. I'm not, I mean, if somebody's out there listening right now that you have a story, you have something you need to get out. Trust me. Uh, I'm not even a talker. My wife would probably tell you differently, but uh, <laughs> most people, <laughs> most people would probably say I'm a really Shout quiet out guy. To Sister Lee, the real <laughs> boss. Shout out to Sister Lee. Yes. I've been married five and a half years. My wife, Lydia, she's a wonderful lady. I wouldn't be anything without her. So I'm so thankful. That's right. Marriage is a blessing. Congratulations on uh, five and a half years. Yes, sir. Yeah. So why did you pick the name to be born again? Okay. So um, when I first started, I I got to looking into it in about somewhere in 2019. And uh, I just downloaded the Anchor app and I was playing around with it, you know, thinking about doing it. And uh, last year, towards the end of last year, I really got serious about wanting to do it. And so I talked to my pastor, got the okay, 
that's one thing I would recommend to anybody is get the okay, get the backing and the blessing from your pastor Amen. before you do anything for God. And um, I came up with a name, actually, the heart of a servant because of something that God had dealt with me about personally. And I mean, everything I tried failed. I would sit down in front of the computer and just hit record. And I mean, nothing would happen. I would write out, you know, uh, some notes and try my best to do an episode. And I mean, literally technical difficulties and just you could tell it was more than just me not knowing what I was doing. Uh, and I started praying and I said, God, you know, if, if you don't want me to do this, then I won't do it. But I really f have felt like you wanted me to. And I, I just pretty much surrendered it back to God. I said, Lord, if you don't want me to, then I'll never try to do it again. I said, but if you do, then speak to me. And all of a sudden, just the words born again came to me. And I said, mm. well, there's a name. <laughs> and I looked it up uh, on Apple Podcasts, and there wasn't uh, a podcast named Born Again. So I said, well, let's go with that. And ever since then, it's worked fine. So yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Well, if you're apostolic, you know what that means. But uh, for maybe any listeners that are not familiar with the oneness apostolic doctrine, what does born again mean? Where is that taken from in the Bible? Well, Jesus, uh, in John chapter number three, he's talking to a man named Nicodemus. And he comes up to Jesus and he says, you know, Lord, he wants to talk about the miracles that Jesus has been doing. And Jesus pretty much cuts him off. He won't even talk about miracles. And he tells the man, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And he's like, what do you mean, Jesus? You know, can a man be born again? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? He, he said, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. And then in verse five, Jesus said again, unless you're born again of the water and the spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And um, According to the Bible in Acts chapter number two, uh, the apostle Peter stood up and he preached the first message, uh, the first message of the early church. And he told the people, they, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? He had told these people they're guilty of the blood of Jesus for putting him on the cross. And they said to Peter, what are we going to do? I mean, we have no hope anymore. And Peter said, here's what you can do. Repent of your sins, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of those sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And here's where many people miss it. But he said, the promise is unto you and to your children. And then he said this, and to all that are afar off. It's not just for them in that day, but it's for us. Each one of us have the opportunity Come on. to receive that promise. First Peter chapter four, verse 17 says, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begins with us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? So in order to be saved, we've got to obey the gospel. And what is the gospel? It's the good news. The good news is that Jesus suffered and he died yes. and he was buried in a tomb. And he rose again three days later. So how can we obey that? 
How can we apply that to our lives? Just as Jesus died, we die to ourselves in repentance. And just as he was buried, we're buried in water when we're baptized in Jesus' name. Just as he rose up from that grave, we're resurrected when we receive his spirit. And that's what it means to be born again. Amen. It's something all that Bible language, it pertains to obtaining an inheritance in the resurrection, the kingdom of heaven. And there's other language in the Bible that says we are adopted into it. We become citizens of it. I guess you could even say we will be glorified into it, transfigured into it. But the foundational concept of it is being born into it. Right. You know, here on this earth, none of us hatched out of alien pods. Well, maybe a few. (laughs) We got a few humanoids, you know, running around Washington, D.C. right now. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Any of that are uh, androids or AIs, artificial intelligence walking around. But anyway, but you're born into this world. You're you're born into it through through, uh, father and mother. And heaven is the same way. You're born into it. You're brought into existence through obeying the, the doctrine that you very, very well spoke of. And when you experience it, you feel reborn. Oh, yes. You feel a part of something brand new. You know, it's real. Can you tell us about your personal born again experience? I'd love to. Yeah. Um, so I was raised uh, in a Baptist home. I had my, my grandfather was a Baptist pastor. I mean, to this day, I've never met a man that was more Christ-like than my grandfather. Sure. And, um, you know, I was raised knowing that I should do right. I knew the difference between right and wrong. I knew that I needed to live for the Lord. But I really, I never knew how to apply that to my life. And um, when I was nine years old, um, I went to a Baptist kind of a little kids retreat type deal. Uh, We were out sitting on a lake by the fire and the preacher got up and he was just giving a little lesson, you know, and he started talking about giving your life to God. So at nine years old, I mean, I just began to weep, man. I've never, that's the first time I ever experienced God's presence. Mm. And he was talking about, you know, surrendering your heart to the Lord, inviting him into your life, you know, and, and that night, I was quote unquote saved. You know, I accepted the Lord as my personal savior and that's all that I knew. And my hat goes off to anybody that will accept the Lord, you know, but there's more. Uh, That wasn't enough for me. And the Lord called me to be a minister when I was about 12 or 13 years old. And I had no idea what to do with that. And so I, I never even told anybody about it. I pretty much completely ran from it. And I, when I was about 14 or 15, I started getting into drugs and alcohol. When it first started out, I was just kind of the DD. You know, I'd go to parties and I'd be the one to drive my friends home. And I'd just kind of sit there on my iPod, you know, and just disconnect from the party. I didn't, I knew it was wrong, you know, but. I still kind of partook of everything anyways. And the more and more I 
hung around that kind of crowd, the more I became like that. And before you knew it, I ended up being the worst one in the crowd, if you know what I mean. Whoa. Uh, I got into drugs. I mean, heavily. By the time I was 17, 18 years old, I was smoking weed and on any kind of pill I could get my hands on. Uh, man, doing cocaine and meth and just ecstasy, mushrooms, you name it. I was shooting drugs up into my veins. And I was breaking into houses, breaking into buildings, breaking into stores and robbing places. I've had a gun pulled on me by a drug dealer. I mean, I myself have been a drug dealer. Just I was so far gone. And that just kind of shows you, you know, how far sin will take you. Right. You know, once you, you get into it, you just see the pleasure of it for the moment, but you don't see where it'll take you. And uh, I, I was so lost. I had no idea what I believed, you know, and I can remember just when I was about 19 years old, all of a sudden my life just started spiraling out of control. I mean, I would hold a gun in my hand and, and be tempted to pull the trigger and I'd be driving down the road and all of a sudden I would just have the thought, just go as fast as you can and crash into a tree, you know, Please. do something to take your life. and. Man, many times I considered that, and I was just so depressed and so lonely, and I felt like nobody knew who I was. Nobody cared about me. But, you know, that wasn't true. I had family that loved me. I have a great mom and dad, great, the best grandparents you can imagine, you know. And um, I got to thinking about my little sisters and my little brothers. I have five siblings, and I thought about the effect that I was having on them, living the way that I was. and. Sure. And showing them the kind of life that I was living, you know, I, I didn't want them to follow down that same path. And I remember one night, it was about 10 or 11 o'clock probably. And all of a sudden the thought came in my mind, go grab your Bible. <laughs> wow. And I have not read my Bible in years. Okay. I, I didn't even believe in God anymore. And so I went to my room and I was like, I don't even know where a Bible is. <laughs> and there was one sitting on my dresser. So I grabbed it and I went outside in the dark and got a flashlight. <laughs> and I prayed for the first time in years. And I said, God, if you're real, I want you to speak to me when I open this Bible. And I opened it up. I think it was Psalms chapter 37. And I started reading. It said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way. You know, though he falls, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Mm. And I began to think. God can't be speaking to me because I know I'm not a good man. And I almost closed the Bible and I would have been done right then. I probably would have taken my life. But uh, I kept reading. And that, that chapter is talking about the way of the righteous man. And it's also talking about the way of the wicked man, where those two paths lead. The end of the righteous man is eternal life, and the end of the wicked man is destruction. And I realized at that moment the path that I was heading down. And I just began to weep right there in God's presence. <laughs> wow. It was the most amazing thing. And, and so... uh. After that, I decided, you know, I'm going to try my best to live for God. 
I'm going to do everything I know how to do. And so all I knew was to pray that same prayer that I'd prayed as I was nine years old. God, I surrender my life to you. You know, I accept you as my savior. And I want you, you know, to guide and lead, guide and lead me in everything that I do. Well, as time rocked on just a, a week or two later, I was back doing the same old things. I had no power. Sure, I believed, but I had no power over the struggles that I was facing. And so I began to pray. I said, God, now I know you're real. You know, I can't deny that. But there's got to be something more. And so I started to pray. And out at this time, I just got in college. And I'd come home from college, and I'd read my Bible and just study all, near about all evening long. And I'd get up the next morning and drive like a 35-minute commute to college. And I'd pray the whole way there, just crying asking God to show me the truth. And I started to think about why the denomination I was in believed what they believed. And, you know, it goes back to like year 300 or something. And I said, well, what was before that? You know, what did the apostles believe? What did the, uh, the disciples that walked around with Jesus for three years, what did they believe? And so I got into the book of Acts and I started realizing uh, that they baptized in Jesus' name, that they believed in one God, that they were filled with the Spirit. And somewhere around in this time, somebody invited me to the church that I now attend, uh, Powell's Grove Pentecostal Church in J.S., Mississippi. And as soon as I walked through those back doors, I knew at that moment my life was about to change. I knew I had just found hope that I never even knew existed. Mm. And after a few services, I went down to the front and I asked my pastor, I said, you know, at the time he wasn't my pastor, but I said, preacher, you know, what is it that I feel here that's so much different? And he smiled at me and he said, that's the Holy Ghost. And he said, you know what the Bible says? It says you can't even call Jesus Lord without the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and he said that with love and compassion, you know. But uh. That, that moment changed my life forever. I knew right then I had to receive it. And uh, shortly after that, I started having dreams. I had three dreams. And these are the only dreams that have ever been significant in my life, maybe one or two others. I'm not just some cuckoo guy, you know, that has all these crazy spiritual dreams. That's not me at all. But these three dreams, I can't deny was God leading me and showing me the truth. Yeah. Uh, the first one I dreamed, I was trying to go get baptized in Jesus' name. And uh, you ever been in a dream and like you're trying your best to do something that's just not happening? Like <laughs> you ever been in a fight in your dream or something? You're trying to punch somebody or, or something like that, and you just can't swing like you have no power. Yeah. It was kind of like that. I was trying to get to the baptistry. And people kept coming up in front of me and stopping me. And uh, mm. I finally got to where I was going to get baptized. And I was standing in this big lake with thousands of people around me. And the guy went to dunk me under. And I looked down and I had a chain wrapped around my ankle. And a boat <laughs> was hooked up to that chain. And it pulled me away before I got baptized. So I woke up thinking, what on earth? You know, this is crazy. 
Well, shortly after that, some people that I love came against me. I mean, heavily. And it's just like the dream. People were trying to stop me from being baptized in Jesus' name. Yeah. And those same people, you know, I love them and I care about them, but they didn't come at me with that kind of resistance when I was thinking of killing myself or when I was strung out on drugs. Nobody tried to stop me. But when I wanted to be baptized in Jesus' name, they came against me. So that tells me it wasn't them, but it was a spirit behind that trying to stop me. Okay, well, then I have another dream, and I'm in this long line of people, and we're all walking across this river, going down through the river and coming out on the other side clean. And as I go through the river, I look up. When I come out, my shoes are floating down the river. Hmm. I'm thinking, what does this mean? And um, the Lord spoke to me about that. He said, if you'll be baptized in Jesus' name, I'll wash away everywhere you've ever walked. That old path, I'll wash it away. Oh, man. Oh, man. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Uh, So I got baptized in Jesus' name on January the 30th of 2013, which is now my wedding anniversary also. I got married on January 30th. But um, about a week after that, I had another dream. I dreamed that I was in this church that I've never been to before. And I was speaking in another language down at the front of the church. Well, I, I didn't have a clue what speaking in tongues was about. I've never even heard of this before. And so, first of all, that was strange. Well, in the dream, after I spoke in tongues, I went into this gymnasium. It was halfway finished. There was like painter's cloths all strewn around and like scaffolding put together and the walls were unfinished all this kind of stuff laying around and i could tell it was a basketball gym and then i woke up all right well here in real life my pastor asked me to go with him to a church in louisiana and he was going to be preaching that night well about halfway through the service i lifted up my hands and all of a sudden (laughs) the next thing i knew i was down at the front of that church speaking in tongues As I repented of my sins, God filled me with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And when that service was over, the pastor of that church came up to us and he said, hey, come across the parking lot. I want to show you all something. We walked into this brand new gymnasium. It had everything like the dream, all the painter's cloth and all the scaffolding and all the unfinished walls and everything, just like the dream. And God brought me back full circle and showed me all these things had a meaning all this had a purpose you know he he was showing me the whole time what he was going to do in my life if i'd just be obedient to him and man i'm forever grateful for what god's done for me i've been in the church now for coming up on nine years and it's been the best time of my life i've got something to live for when i wake up now i've got a story to tell and i just can't hold it in any longer Yes. Amber, I feel the Holy Ghost. Absolutely. God's with us right now. It's amazing when you talk about him, he manifests. Oh, he's here, man. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So when you say you heard things like, first of all, for for the name of the podcast, you heard the words born again. 
And then also, when you were at the low point in your life, you felt or heard something say, go get the Bible. Right. Would you describe that as like audible thoughts, like you could hear it in the ears of your mind? Right. Uh, Yeah. I've only experienced an actual audible voice one time in my life, and that was during a prayer meeting. But when I say I heard that, yeah, it's just kind of in my mind. It's just like a thought, you know, like Brother Billy Cole says, like an impression, a gentle impression. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really, there's no way to explain it, honestly. It's just (laughs) you, you can just tell it's being said, you know, it's. It's like a thought, but you know it's not your thought, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I've heard the audible voice of the Lord, audible voice of angels, but most commonly it's audible thought. I hear it with my soul. Right. You know, when, and when you have a, a spiritual experience where you see a vision, you know, that's, that's not your natural eyes seeing, that's the eyes of the soul. So, yeah, that's real. God talks to people, even uh, the worst of sinners. God talks to them. Thank the Lord. Yeah, he does. Yeah, These people that think God only talks to people that are, you know, holy, saved, sanctified, pure, righteous, and he does. But God also reveals himself to the lost. Yes, he does. Find people always. That's what the cross does. Yeah, look at the Apostle Paul. Yeah, Apostle Paul. He was out there murdering Christians, and all of a sudden, God spoke to him and said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. You know, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to be a saint in the church for 50 years for God to speak to you. Yeah. And then the Lord spoke to you through me, Psalm 37. Yeah, the word of the Lord started talking to you. Just you and your Bible. Right. The Lord started talking to you. Yeah, all these things that I'm hearing you say is things that I've read about that happened in early Pentecost and even in the late 1800s. And it's just been the same patterns over and over and over when somebody is at the lowest point of their life. It's like God really steps in. Oh, yeah. We're getting ready to see a lot more of that, I believe. Oh, yeah. Um, your type of story is, is very common with newer people coming in the church, ad- addicted to something, uh, feeling hopeless in life, no hope. And when you feel no hope, you don't want to live anymore. Right. Life is so void and meaningless. And the thing that they're missing is the very thing that brought us into existence. And that is God. Yes, sir. And so that's what being reborn is all about, feeling like you, you're alive again. I, I was baptized in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost when I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. And then again, when I was 19 years old, I got rebaptized, as the Bible says, in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, when I came out of that water, probably for a week, I felt the cleanest I've ever felt in my life. Was I perfect? Absolutely not. Am I perfect now? Absolutely not. But when you're born again, there is no greater feeling on the planet. Right. Oh, man, that's amazing. I'm with you on that. Yeah. And, you know, you won't be perfect. We all mess up even after we get baptized. What Jesus name baptism does is break the bondage of original sin. Yes. Our lives. And like the man, those dreams. Goodness gracious. The, you know, God speaks in symbolism. And 
you know, very rarely does God speak directly. It's always in a dark saying, a cryptic saying, something that requires an interpretation, like, like tongues and interpretation. Right. And uh, uh, your shoes floating down the river. And the Lord gave you the interpretation that, that said, if you will be baptized in Jesus' name, I'll wash away every place you have ever been. <laughs> Man, I have never heard that. You know, it's something I have seen shoes in dreams. And I made a note of this, that shoes represent where somebody has been. Yeah. Well, I'm not trying to ramble on, but um, the Lord spoke to me about that a couple of years ago. And uh, where Moses is walking through the wilderness, you know, and the bush is on fire. God speaks to him and says, take off your shoes, Moses, for the place you're standing is holy ground. And he kind of showed me that in regard to my dream that I had where my shoes came off. He was having to tell Moses, look, I'm wanting to do something in your life that is so great. And while you're carrying around all that baggage from all the places you've walked, that condemnation for killing that Egyptian soldier, you can't go forward until you take that off, you know? And that's kind of how he was speaking to me. Man. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. What a story. So you had a dream. God revealed to you that there were people hindering you. And then your second one, it was the dream of the river in your shoes. That was the dream that revealed be baptized in Jesus name. And then the third dream was a message about receiving the Holy Ghost. Wow. Right? Is that is is am I right? That's right. That's right. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. God speaks in dreams. He speaks in visions. He speaks to his word. And it's up to us to recognize those signs and signals from God. There's no way that all that's coincidence. That's oh no. If I'm ever having a low point or anything where my faith is low, I'll just go back and and I'll think about those dreams, you know. There is no way to deny that. I mean, there is no way to say that God hasn't done something in my life. You know, I'll never be able to say that God's not real and God's never spoken to me. Amen. Awesome. Oh, that's good stuff. Well, man, you have created a phenomenal foundation for your podcast and it's being born again. And when you're reborn, the old you is buried in that water. It's gone. Right. It's, it's literally buried. You know, if, <laughs> I mean, the mafia knows this. You want to get rid of a body? Uh, where do you go? The ocean. With the fishes. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So the old us, it's uh, buried. I, the old uh, 720 South Richmond, the old life tabernacle church. Uh, the old Justin got washed down the drain and that baptistry is gone. New Justin has been reborn. Praise God, man. This is a uh, incredible content. And I know the listeners will really uh, glean and be blessed by your life experiences and your biblical teaching and preaching on your podcast. Uh, what do you uh, plan on talking about in your next upcoming episodes? Well, uh, I've got more content than I have time, honestly. <laughs> I've got <laughs> that's a good problem. <laughs> yeah, I've got so many ideas. Like every day I'll write something down in my iPhone notes, like do an episode on this. But good. um I'm definitely going to have more 
uh, testimonial type interviews, people telling their born again story. I've got several of those lined up right now. I just have to make the time to do it. Uh, hopefully I'll be having more frequent episodes right now. I'm just at one episode per month and I've kind of hated that, but that's the best I've been able to do so far, but I'm going to try to do, uh, an episode every two weeks. And, uh, here a few days ago, I made a post on social media to ask anything because people like me, before I came to the Lord, I had so many questions. You know, I had no idea what apostolics believed. I just, I, my whole life, I thought they were crazy, you know, <laughs> and, until I walked in the house of God and I felt that power of the Holy Ghost. I had no idea. And there are people with sincere questions. And, and I'm not posting that because I need content. I've got so much that I could do an episode on, but I want to actually, I really care about people's questions, you know? Yeah. And, that's the thing about Pentecost. There's questions all around it. If you go to Acts chapter number two, they looked at, you know, Peter and the rest of the 120 that had just been filled with the Holy Ghost. And they said, what are these people doing? You know, what does this mean? And then they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? So there's questions all around Pentecost and uh, questions are biblical. We got to ask them. So I'll, I want to try to give somebody those answers. Awesome. Oh, that's phenomenal. Man, uh, I feel edified and blessed tonight. Thank you so much, Brother Lee, for coming on. Thank you so much for the opportunity, man. You got it. Listeners, right now, scroll down to your show notes, click on the links, get your Born Again podcast, and be blessed. Ladies and gentlemen, Hagen Lee. Hey, could I say one more thing? Go ahead. Podcasting is the future. <laughs> yes.